Are you ready for God to sweep across this place in a fresh and a powerful way? Because we've been singing from the start. We've been pressing in. We've been asking God to do something and God always meets us where we're at. So if you want something to happen tonight, then you've got to open up your heart and you've got to say, hey God, I'm so willing. I'm ready. I want you to do whatever it is. If you need to trash me on the ground, you're allowed to. Some of you are a little bit frightened of that. But you know what? I want to encourage you. Say, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do in my life tonight, I'm ready for a fresh touch. I'm ready for the move of the Holy Spirit. I'm ready for shifting. I'm ready for changing. I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready to be all that God wants me to be because God wants to move. Before you sit down, when I was standing there, I really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And there's someone in this place tonight. And you've come to a crossroad. And there's a decision you need to make. And the decision is either this way or this way. That normally makes sense, doesn't it? One way or the other? Yeah. But you're questioning. You're saying, God, I don't know which way. I don't know which way. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, tell them either way doesn't matter. Because whichever way you choose, God's going to bless it, anoint it and use you powerfully. So go with what you want. Wow, you don't often get that, do you? But that's what I felt really strongly that God was saying, don't be in the confusion. It's okay. Just make the decision. And so whoever you are tonight, Whoever that is, I want to encourage you. God's got your number. He wants to use you powerfully and He wants to take you into a new realm with Him that's incredible and He's going to use you powerfully. So I don't know who that is, but if you want to be willing and you're you're gutsy enough to put up your hand and say, that's me, I actually want to pray for you because I believe God wants to do something fresh in your life tonight. So if that is anyone, yeah, I don't care. Oh, I see the hand. That's exciting because, you know what, sometimes that's awesome. Sometimes um, I will bring a word and I believe God's not said it and nobody responds to it and everybody goes, ooh. But you know what, I'm telling you, 10 out of 10 times, someone after the service comes and goes, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Ruth, that was me. And I'm like, that's okay. So would you both like to come? Would you come to the front? I I know I'm bringing you out of your comfort zone. Come on, everybody else, start pressing in. Start just putting out your hand. Start believing. Right now, do you want to raise your hands before me? Before the Lord right now, He's going to do something. If somebody can stand behind Him, I'm not saying anything will happen, but I just like to always be safe and know. Father God, I thank You for this incredible woman right now. And I pray that You will cause a blessing to come upon her that is fresh. I pray for a fresh anointing on her life right now in the Name of Jesus. Just come and touch her, Lord. Touch her right now. Thank you for what you're going to do in and through her. Thank you for the way you're going to use her. Lord, I thank you that you're going to take her and you're going to cause her to go into situations where she never dreamt she could go. And as she goes in, the words that you give her will be words of 
wisdom, words of change, words that will cause people around her to marvel at what comes out of her mouth. For our Lord, as she chooses this pathway that she chooses, you promised you would bless her in it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' Name. And Father, I thank you right now. He stands here tonight and He makes the decision before you. And I pray, God, right now that you will cause such an anointing to come upon Him. Fresh wind. Bless Him, Lord. Use Him powerfully in all that He does. In your precious Name we ask it. We thank you for it, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Hold on to that word and trust that God's going to do something extraordinary in and through both of you because I believe He's going to do that in a powerful and a mighty way. Hey, thank you for having us. It's been so exciting to be back after three years of not being able to be here. I just want to honour your pastors tonight, um, Sheridan and Jan. They are extraordinary people. You are blessed, 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 blessed to have them. And I think that they deserve to be honoured right now. So why don't you put your hands together and thank God for them in such a powerful way. You know, it's not been an easy journey over this COVID period. I hate using that, but I'm going to say it. Over this COVID period, but not only have you been through COVID and all the um, different things that needed to be done and, and you know, ha- having online services and being pastorally cared and everything else that went with it, you also were having to move out of your building and move in here. And when that comes... There's a lot of pressure. These guys haven't said that, but I know because I know what it's like to be in that position. But they carry it with grace. They carry it with integrity and they carry it with such honesty. And I think you're blessed to have people that do that for you in this church here. So, yeah, blessed. All right, let's get into the word. From the start of the meeting, this message was very prominent. From the very first song that you will praise him no matter what. And then Jan gets up and starts to bring a prophetic and she says, you know, keep on knocking, keep on asking. And when you see what I'm going to bring, you're going to see that God's in this and he wants to say something through the word and he wants to touch your hearts and he wants to shift some things that need to be shifted tonight, okay? So are we ready? All right, so what I want to talk about is how do we react in unanswered prayer? Everybody's really quiet. So hands up, all of you who have got a prayer that has not been answered. Pretty much everybody, because if you've got an unsaved family member... If you've been believing for somebody in your workplace to come to Jesus and they haven't come yet, or there's other situations, we've all got those prayers that we've prayed, but they haven't been answered yet. You know, it's exciting to get um, really excited about an answered prayer, isn't it? When we get an answered prayer, we're like, yes, God came through. He's miraculous. When we get the unanswered prayer, most of the time we're like, where are you? You didn't turn up. Why not? 
Jesus always answers our prayers. But Ruth, my prayer hasn't been answered. Yeah, Jesus always answers our prayers. Sometimes it's not how we think they should be answered or the results don't come the way we want them to. But because he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, he knows everything. So therefore he knows what that prayer is and it will be answered in his time. So this brings us to trust God no matter what. Hey, I want to share a little story about me. I was um, born in Papua New Guinea and, you know, in Papua New Guinea we had no doctors. Mum and Dad were on a mission field. Um, We didn't have any medication. So I had really bad infected ears. So I never had antibiotics and the ears would constantly be, um, you know, yucky, horrible and there was nothing we could do about it. Came back to Australia and my ears didn't get any better. I've had three operations on one ear and one operation on the other. And as life went on, I got into my 30s and I'd had my last operation on my ear. And guess what? I still had an infection in my ear for five years. Every night I'd say to Wayne, my ear... He goes, it's all right, honey. I go to the doctors, new medications, nothing was working. Every altar call, guess who was out the front? Me. Yes, Jesus, this is the moment. No, nothing. Then people would come to me and say, Ruth, will you pray for me? I've got this problem with my ear. And I'd say, hang on a minute, I'll just get Wayne. (laughs) I didn't believe for ears. Then after five years, I went to my local doctor and I said, I don't know what to do. And he goes, in the war, they used to put peroxide in the ears. Let's try some peroxide. So I was like, peroxide, (laughs) okay. So I rang my ear specialist and they agreed. And I dripped this 3% peroxide in my ear and it sizzled. It felt yucky, but it worked. But do you know what? It didn't just work. The hole that I had in my ear that was causing the infection was totally and completely gone. So therefore, God healed my ear. Now that was exciting, but what was I going to do in the midst of the time that the miracle wasn't taking place? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11, keep on asking. And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Your, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who seek him? This verse says, keep on asking. Doesn't say give up, like we heard this morning. (laughs) Different message. Was an ex- How good was my husband's message this morning? Yeah, that was good. Got me back. We keep on asking. Keep on knocking. You know, there's a difference between doubt and unbelief. 
When our prayers are not answered, it can cause us to have doubt. Doubt is different, so different to unbelief. Doubt means a feeling of uncertainty. Unbelief means lack of religious belief and absence of faith. When we have doubt, it is a feeling, right? A feeling that God isn't going to heal me, bring my loved one to Jesus, see the situation turned around. Feelings are not always truth. Unbelief is an act of the will that refuses to trust and obey Christ. So as Christians, doubt is not bad. It is where we need to come back to the truth and press into our faith in God. It's okay to acknowledge your doubt. God already knows what you're thinking. God is honoured when we bring our feelings to him. There are people in the word of God that had doubt. Did you know John the Baptist had doubt? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 to 3, it says, When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Hang on, this is the man that was out in the wilderness heralding in Jesus. This is also the man that baptised Jesus and then he sends a message because he's in prison and he says, hang on, are you the Messiah? John the Baptist loved Jesus. He believed in God. But for a moment, sitting in his desperation in prison, he cries out and it's like, are you? Are you there? Then we go on and we see that Thomas, John 20, 24 to 29, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came and they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand in the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, don't you love the suddenlies? As before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. And look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. We have not seen Jesus in the physical, have we? But we are blessed if we believe without seeing. God is on the throne. He can do anything. He is the miraculous working God. And in the midst of our unanswered prayer, it's the understanding and having faith to know that our God can do it regardless of what we think he can or he can't do. So if he hasn't answered your prayer, don't you dare have unbelief. Don't dare go there. Unbelief causes you to have a severing of your relationship with God. It causes you to stand and go away from God. Doubt causes you to come into a place of throwing yourself into his presence and saying, God, I'm having a doubt here, but I know that you're real. I know you're the Alpha and the Omega. I know you can do the impossible. I know the Word says it. I believe it. God, help me in my doubt. 
it's coming before him and claiming and saying, God, I know you can do this. There's a quote by Bill Johnson. Are you all doing okay out there? Questions asked in trust lead to revelation. Questions asked in distrust lead to separation. Unanswered prayers do not mean that God has abandoned you or doesn't love you or that he prefers others. Here's my most favourite passage in the whole of the Bible. Can anything, Romans 8, 35 to 39, two sex. Can't do it anymore. All right. All right. You're in trouble now. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What a promise. So in the midst of our unanswered prayer, I want to encourage you, nothing can separate you from the love of God except you. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never walk out of our situation. He will guide us. He will be there for us. But if we choose to have unbelief and walk away, we separate. We separate from his love. But he won't stop loving you. And he won't stop being there for you. So it's our choice. So allow unanswered prayers to motivate you. When we have doubts as a believer, we must make a choice. We can use this to draw us closer to God and be motivated to pray more. In Luke chapter 18, 1 to 8, I love this story. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city who said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman, this woman, she's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? 
Here it is. Here's the challenge. How many will he find on the earth that have faith? How many will he find that when their prayers weren't answered, when things didn't go their way, when situations looked uh, horrible and we're, we're there and we're going, God, where are you? That these people rose up and said, even despite what the situation is, I will not give up on my God. I will not stop loving him. I will not stop praising his name. That God can come. Jesus will come and he will go, ah, good job, Jay. Regardless of what happened, you've got faith. Well done, Nikita. You've got faith. Sheridan, what happened? (laughs) Just joking. They're a lovely couple. Here we see a woman who would not give up. Don't give up on your answered prayers. Don't allow the enemy to make you believe you're not meant to see the miracle happen. Let's look at what stops us from being persistent. Often our expectation of God. Sometimes we think God is our genie. I want to share a little story about my grandson. I shared it with a couple of people. It's such a cute story. So he's six, our only grandson. And he says to his mum, because he's been learning about prayer in kids' church, you know. And he says to mum, I've been praying to Jesus. She's like, great job. That's awesome. And he says, mum, I'm praying for a genie. (laughs) And she says, Javi, genies aren't real. Like, you can't pray for a genie. And he goes, oh, what do I do? And she goes, you have to ask Jesus himself. So he shuts his eyes. He stands there for a minute. Then he opens his eyes and he runs to his pillow and he pulls his pillow up and he looks and he goes, what happened? And Amy Lee said, well, what was going on, Jarvin? And he goes, I asked for this toy and it's not there. You said, ask Jesus. Clearly he's not listening. Okay, how many of us do that? Come on, Jesus. I want this. Come on, Jesus, you've got to do it now. Come on, Jesus, this has got to happen. Clearly you're not listening. But Jesus is listening. He hears everything. He knows our whole thoughts. He knows our situations. The truth is that in our midst of our disappointments or in the midst of things not going the way we want them to go, God is still on the throne. He's still in the middle. He's still with us. He'll never leave us. That's what the scripture says. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis. I must often be glad that certain prayers of my own were not granted. There was, um, on, I've just been in Ireland and, and the UK and I was coming back from the UK from, um, no, sorry, I was going from Ireland to Bristol and the aeroplane was delayed two hours. I'd already spent time trying to change my seat because I was at the back of the plane. I don't like the back of the plane. And I want to be at the front of the plane. And there was this one seat right at the 
front row. And they were like, look, we just can't give it to you. And I'm thinking, well, why not? No one's sitting there. Just give me the front row. Like, I like the front. I'm praying, God, I just want the front row. So they said, ask down at the, at the gate. So I go and I ask at the gate. And the lady goes, can't give it to you. And I'm like, why not? She goes, sorry, that I can't unlock it. You just can't have that seat. I'm like, God, I prayed for the front row. <laughs> I get on the aeroplane, I sit down, and there's this guy on this side, but there's this girl next to me, so we get chatting, you know, and I do the whole, so what do you do? <laughs> Hoping they'd ask me what I do. <laughs> and she said oh, not much, and never asked me what I do. So I couldn't get into that conversation. But this guy next to me on the aisle turns to me and he goes, excuse me, what do you do? What do you do? And I said, I'm a minister. And he goes, oh, oh, okay. The flight was 45 minutes, and for 45 minutes we had a conversation about Jesus to the point that he said, you're not convincing me. I said, I'm not here to convince you. Jesus will convince you himself. Just ask him to. I shared Wayne's testimony of how he came to the Lord. I shared a whole lot of stuff. By the time we finished, we stood up, and he said, you know, I think we're very similar. And I said, no, we're not. You don't believe in Jesus. (laughs) Then we walk out. And as we're walking out, he turns to me and he said, see you, Ruth, great conversation. I said, see you, Richard. He gives me a hug. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he says, maybe I'll see you up there one day. And I said, if you accept Jesus. (laughs) Ah, can you see why I wasn't allowed to have the front seat? Sometimes we've got to trust God that in our unanswered prayer, he's got it and there's a reason why he hasn't done it. And we've got to walk and know that he's there. What time do I need to finish? Okay, keep going. So the second thing is, what is our motivation in our prayer? Is it in the will of God? Align yourself with God's will and sometimes our prayers are not in alignment with God's will. What are we praying God, come on. I want that Mercedes. Please. It's not your time, Ruth. Maybe in a few years. But who knows? But sometimes when we're not praying in alignment to what God wants, God, I want to see souls. That's in alignment of what he wants. That's what he wants to do. So don't stop praying because it isn't happening. When we don't see answers to prayer the way we think they should be, it can cause us to close down and not keep praying for things. Remember, God's timing is not always our timing. I love this passage of scripture, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. When we were first married, I was the worst worry wart that you could ever meet on the planet. And my greatest um, word out of my mouth would be, Wayne, I'm so worried. I'm so worried about this person. I'm so worried about this. And Wayne would say, don't worry, Philippians 4, 6. Instead, pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There are real keys here to keep praying no matter what. The first one, tell God what you need. God hears our needs. The second, pray with a declaration, not a begging. What do you mean, Ruth? Okay. Please, God, please, please, please answer me. And God says, I already have. You just haven't seen it yet. So here's something I want you to do. Start declaring it. I declare in the name of Jesus for my son-in-law to be saved. I declare in the name of Jesus for this situation in my financial situation to be turned around. I declare in the name of Jesus that I'm going to see a shifting take place in my workplace. I'm declaring right now that, God, you're on the throne. I'm declaring that you can do all things. God, I declare, I declare, I declare, I declare. And as we declare, what happens is something shifters, shifters, <laughs> shifts in our thinking. And no longer do we start going, God doesn't care for me. God's not answering my prayer. God's not there in the midst of this. Instead, what happens is we start going, God may not have answered it yet, but I'm declaring it. I'm believing it. I know he's got this. I'm not going to let doubt and unbelief take me out. I'm going to rise up. And trust in my God no matter what, that he's got this. So thank him. We sang it. Come on, praise him in the midst. Oh, God, it's not going the way I want, but I give you glory. I'm going to praise you no matter what. I'm going to give you honour right now. God, I know you're in the midst, so I'm praising you. Regardless, the enemy's not taking me out in this. And guard your heart. If we keep praying with a thankful heart, it brings peace. And this peace guards our heart. It is so important that in our disappointment of answered prayer, we guard our hearts and never stop praying. Guard your heart. The enemy wants to come in the back door. The minute he affects your heart, it puts this poison in your heart and it will no longer keep you running toward God. It will cause you to run away. From God. I want to share this story. Can the musos come, please? I want to share a story about a beautiful lady that was in our church. And she had cancer. And for 21 years, she carried cancer in her body. And for 21 years, knowing her, I would declare over her healing. I would pray for her. I would say, God, you can do it. You can cause this cancer to be gone in the name of Jesus. One day I get a phone call and um, I get asked to come to the hospital. And my mum was a friend of this beautiful lady. And so I picked up my mum and I said, Mum, Marlene is in the hospital and the family have asked us to come and pray for her. So we're driving in and I'm believing when I get there, I'm going to pray for her. She's going to be better in the name of Jesus. This cancer's going to be gone. And when I get there, the nurse comes and she says, I said, oh, I'm here to see Marlene Mann. And she said, are you Ruth? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, oh, come with me. The family are waiting for you. She passed away about an hour ago. 
I just froze. What do you mean? No, I'm here to pray that she's going to be healed in the name of Jesus. So you do what you do as a pastor. You pull yourself together at times because it's not about you. And you walk into that room and you see this family broken. You see this beautiful woman that you've adored. And you walk up and you go, okay, let's pray. So we gather around, we hold hands. I pray. I pray this prayer. But inside I'm breaking. I finished praying and I said to the whole family, would you just excuse me for a moment? I just need to go out. And I went out into the hallway and I ran down the hallway with tears streaming down my face. And her husband comes out of that room and he comes up to me and he puts his arm around me and he says, Ruth, don't you ever stop believing. Don't you ever stop praying. Don't you ever stop declaring in the name of Jesus that people will be healed because all the times that we came to you and said, pray for Marlene's eyes. You gathered and you prayed and her eyes were healed. Every time we did things, we got her for 21 years more than we expected. We are so grateful to God for what He did. But do not let this stop you believing that God is the God of the impossible. That man taught me a lesson that day. The grieving husband who I should have been comforting, who I should have been there for, gave me this huge speaking to. And from that moment, I looked at him and I said, John, I'll never stop praying. I don't know why God heals or why He doesn't. I don't know why some prayers get answered and some don't. I don't understand that. But what I do know is we serve a sovereign God who is always in our midst, who will always hear our prayers, who will never leave us nor forsake us. But it is us coming before the Lord and we say, I surrender. I surrender all to You, my blessed Saviour. I surrender. I surrender my wants. I surrender how I see it going. And I place myself in Your hands, Lord, and I say to You, whatever You want to do, You can do it. Some of you are facing things in your own life and you've been crying out and you can't see the shift and you've been wondering whether God's looking at someone else and thinking Sheridan's his favourite because Sheridan seems to get the answers to prayers. It's not true. God loves you just as much as he loves them. And God's in your midst just as He's much in someone else's. It's how we walk that journey that will determine how we come out of it. Do you want to come out unscarred? Do you want to come out with a pure heart? Do you want to come out praising God? Because our whole secret in the whole of this situation is to praise Him, to glorify Him, to thank Him no matter what. Because God's on the throne. So as we've looked today, we've seen that doubt can creep in, but we cannot allow doubt to lead to unbelief. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He healed yesterday. He provided yesterday. He gave peace yesterday. He can do it today and He can do it forever. He can do it. God's got it.